unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? I'm good, Nathan. How are you? I'm stoked for today's episode. And we've got kind of like a, a double parter coming up, don't we? We do. Um, we're starting a new series called Accessing Emotion. And actually, this is the first two parts. I'll let you know if there's more parts later, but I, I think there might be. But we definitely got one this week and one next week. Mm, okay. So, w- what prompted this and, and why is this important? Well, let me explain by talking about watching TV. Okay. So, you know, we direct marketers usually hate TV commercials because they give a bad name to advertising as we see it. That is, they truly don't sell. But sometimes I like them, not as advertising really, but more as works of art. And there's this really intriguing commercial running right now for Alfa Romeo, the luxury Italian sports car. The commercial is pretty cool, but what intrigues me the most is their tagline. In Italian, it's La Meccanica delle Emozioni, and it's a trademark. A close translation of the phrase is the mechanics of emotion. What a cool idea, right? Mm -hmm. So um, today we start our occasional series called Accessing Emotion. And for today's show, I don't want to step anywhere near Alpha's trademark phrase. But I am inspired by it, so we'll call what we're going to do today Emotional Action Sequences, Part 1. Sounds good. Cool. So emotional action sequences are proven templates for adding sales-enhancing emotion to your copy. And they're easy to use, and I'll share some powerful ones with you and with our listeners today. But first, and I hope I don't get too emotional about this, (laughs) copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims, and if you're writing copy for highly regulated industries like health or finance or business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So let's jump into emotional action sequences. First, what are they? Well, they're templates for telling simple stories in your copy, stories that lead your prospects through several different and predetermined powerful emotions. So in other words, it's not just a question of, you know, getting people emotional, like getting them in a boat in the sea where the waves are rocking around. These are very defined and predetermined powerful emotions, very specific tasks. Now, why do we want to do this? A couple reasons. One is to get your prospect out of his head or out of her head and into their feelings. So, you know, let's talk about it. I mean, you're also a a musician, a producer, a singer. What's music without emotion? Oh, music without emotion is just noise. Right, exactly. And it's the same thing in movies. And, of course, I know now we're talking about entertainment, but whether you're inspiring people, you know, uh, fulfilling them, leading them, you know, in 
through an exciting entertainment path or whether you're moting, motivating them as a copywriter, uh, you need emotion. So that's the first reason to get your prospects out of their heads. The second reason is in these sequences, not only do you get your prospects into their emotions, which is, you know, a good start, but you'll get them into particular emotions that will make them much more likely to buy. When you mention movies, I know that they always have like that, that rallying call, call to action at the end of a movie where the protagonist gets everybody emotionally stirred and says, this is what we got to do. And this is why we got to do it without that emotional motivation. Those speeches never hit with the audience. So uh, if you, you mentioned to motivate people to do anything, um, those, those rallying cry scenes of movies are a perfect example of how important emotional uh, connection is to get somebody to follow your call to action. That's, that's a really good point. I never thought about that, but I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, boy, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, you give a, a speech sort of like you're reading out of a, a physics textbook and uh, that's not going to move people very much. Okay. So let me tell you where these came from. Um, I, I developed what we're going to look at today. I developed them for my $5,000 a person breakthrough copywriting seminar in Las Vegas. And you might say, well, if charging people $5,000 to learn these, but I gave people a 10 year head start. I figure by then they've probably gotten your money's worth a few hundred times over. I gave them a 10 year head start and then I released them in my book, Breakthrough Copywriting, which went on to be a number one bestseller. And people have told me they're so useful. I thought I would share some of them with you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you can find out more of them by getting breakthrough copywriting for all of 12 bucks on Amazon as a Kindle or a paperback. Okay. Now, here's why you need to know them. You say, okay, so David, you developed this huge Rube Goldberg whiz bang invention. What, you know, I, I have emotions. I get pissed. I get happy. I get horny. I get scared. I get sad. No, that's not enough. See, I I critique copy for people just like you, wide variety of copywriters, business owners. Last year, I was doing about five to 10 critiques a month for GKIC. I do work with Agora Financial. And in the larger sense, I have a lot of individual mentoring clients and critique clients from all over the world. And I'll tell you, everyone has their own strengths and weaknesses. And Many of these people are very good, but one thing I've noticed is nearly all copywriters are not good at having enough effective, believable emotion. Now, I'm not saying there's no emotion. Uh, Sometimes there's no emotion, but sometimes it's just too logical. But sometimes it's so over the top, it's not believable. And sometimes it's so sappy and contrived, it just doesn't ring true, and it ruins the magic of the rest of the copy. So that's where these emotional action sequences come in. We're going to do a couple different time, couple different types. Today, we're going to do breakthrough copywriting emotional triggers. And next week, we'll do something else. But in both cases, they can help you by making your copy more natural and believable by using emotions in everyday situations that ring true in a very powerful way. I think... The reason why this is so difficult for a lot of copywriters is that emotions are conveyed through body language. Emotions are conveyed through 
tone of voice and we're stripped of that ability when we're writing copy that so so the things that we use to express our emotions on our everyday communications are not available through copy so we're we're kind of we're kind of trying to fight or or run a marathon with our shoes tied together it feels like <laughs> yeah i i think that's that's a great point i never thought about that i've sort of thought around the edges of that but you really hit the nail on the head with that you know there is a famous Moravian study at UCLA that people misquote a lot, but basically he's saying when we believe people or don't believe people, 7% comes from the words we use. And then I think uh, 38, my numbers may not add up exactly, 38% comes from our, our tone of voice, what you were talking about, and 54% is nonverbal. So if you assume that we're taking in most of our emotional information from that study as to whether to believe people or not, and only 7% of it is the words, uh, which I think is what it says, then we're trying to pour the other 93% of how we normally communicate emotional information into our stories. And it's possible that people are not used to doing that. They don't even think about it. I never even thought about the part you said until just now. And I've been thinking about this for 30 years, almost every day. So it's a really good point. But the, the, the good news is there are certain things we do, like maybe when we're on the telephone or when we're writing an email where we're, where we're not thinking about it, but we want to get this point across. And so we actually naturally default to the things I'm going to show you. The problem is we're not doing it consciously and deliberately. We're sort of doing it more from our right brains or our midbrains or our brain stems or our nether parts or somewhere else <laughs> than the conscious mind. So let's um, let's let's jump into these. I've, I've got three breakthrough copywriting emotional triggers today, and and let me let's just jump in. Okay, so the first one is called anger to envy, to offer. Now, before somebody freaks out and thinks that they have to get pissed at their market or they have to get their market pissed at them, I mean, there are some people who thrive on that, but most people aren't real comfortable with that. No, that's not what this is. All you're doing is telling a story where someone starts out by being angry and then the anger actually turns into envy of another person. And then from there, you move your copy to an offer. So it's going to be much easier to show you. And then we can talk about it if you want. So here's the psychology of this trigger. And, you know, when I say anger and envy, that's going to scare some people and put other people off. But let's face the facts. Anger and jealousy are two of the most important, most powerful motivators known on earth now a therapist might tell you that they're not healthy emotions all right okay therapist but nobody <laughs> would argue with the fact that they're right widespread because they're widespread and no matter how emotionally well balanced we think we are or we try to be as individuals anger and envy are common to all of us now nathan let's say you and me had a business and the business was helping frustrated corporate refugees 
who'd been screwed over by management to get out and start their own business. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just for instance. So we could use this anger to envy to offer trigger here in our copy this way. The company Terry worked for posted record profits this year. So it really stung her when she was turned down for a raise for the third year in a row. And she was steaming because the division that she ran had brought in more money to the company than anybody else. To rub salt in the wound, Wanda got a sizable raise and a huge promotion. Terry suspected that was because Wanda spent a lot more time practicing office politics than she did producing for the company. And Terry called this the Wanda insult. She was so mad at the unfair treatment that she resolved to leave the company and start her own business to make things right. And the first people she contacted was us, since we specialize in helping people who were superstars for someone else become superstars in their own business. Mm, That's so powerful. Thanks. Now, first of all, has that ever happened to you? Have yes. you ever been the producer, but maybe you weren't playing the political game and, and uh, doing the hiney-tonguing the way other people were doing, right? Right? And so you can identify with that. Even though Terry's a woman and Wanda's a woman and you're a guy, you can st- it doesn't matter. You can still identify with it because, you know, that's, that's probably the only real equal opportunity thing in the world. Men and women get screwed over equally. We really do. But um, so you could identify with it. I mean, do you think a lot of people could identify with it? I think probably any entrepreneur that felt unappreciated and that was the motivation for why they started their own business. I think that this is something that probably 80, 90% of entrepreneurs out there could relate with. Yeah, thanks. And uh, by the way, you know, the the Wandas of the world, the ass kissers, um, they're, they're going to say, well, no, I mean, I was, we don't care. We don't want them as our client here, right? We want the, the people who produce, the, the, you know, the people who, who actually bring home the wildebeest and, and aren't getting appreciated for it. I think the other thing is, too, as you're, as you're reading this, as you were reading it out to us, I was, I was actually visualizing similar instances in my own career. So I was thinking of particular times where, I was the guy that brought in the most profits and didn't get the recognition. I was thinking of instances in my own life, which actually helped evoke those emotions in me as we were going through it. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the whole idea here. I'm, I'm really glad you said that. So you, you did feel at least a, a sliver of the anger you once felt and a sliver of the envy and the sliver of the motivation to damn it, do something about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when you, and it was very subtle at the end, you said, and, and we were the first people that she contacted, that was almost like a subtle call to action. It was, I felt this way. I have these same motivations. I had these same frustrations. This is what this person that I can really emotionally relate to did. Maybe it's what I should do as well. Yeah. Great, great point. So, so, so really it's only, I don't know, four or five sentences six sentences, seven sentences, three paragraphs, maybe a hundred words, but that's, that's the power of these triggers. Okay. So let me, let me share another one with you now. And, and this one, I think this is funny. This this is like an O Henry surprise ending in a way I I think. Okay. Uh, 
So this is Breakthrough Copywriting Emotional Trigger 2. It's called Appeal to People's Sense of Larceny. Now, you might think that, quote unquote, good people don't steal. And you might be right. But what people who have self-control actually do and what they really want to do are not often the same thing. Um, So when I say appeal to people's sense of larceny, I don't mean sell them instructions on how to rob a bank. (laughs) Okay. I mean, the psychology of this trigger has some much more socially acceptable names. People call it getting good value for your money or never paying retail or getting something for free. And the fact is, if you can show someone how to get what they want, how to get away with paying less or even paying nothing at all, if you can show them that in a story, you will stimulate powerful urges that will propel them to buy what you're selling. So here's an amusing example. I heard this on the radio yesterday. It was an ad for Blink.com, which is a home security company. And they said, cops use it. They like it. Um, and they, they have home security cameras. And they said they have no contracts, no wires. I mean, they really, they really made it appealing, you know, with, without, you know, putting, locking someone into um, a lot of things that people usually don't like about home security companies. And with the credibility that cops get it themselves. And then the announcer says, and you can get three of our cameras for what the other guys charge for one. Mm-hmm. Plus, use the special code and we'll give you a 15% discount. Now, that just sounds like good sales, but think about it. They're selling burglar alarms by appealing to people's sense of larceny. I mean, I think that's ironic, but that's exactly what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those... Uh... It's one of those deals where you almost feel like you're ripping the other person off (laughs) and the deal is to buy something that'll help you prevent yourself from getting ripped off. Yeah. Well, better them than me, right? That's the, that's the (laughs) thought. But yeah. So appealing to people's sense of larceny, you, you just simply, you, you make them feel like they're stealing something and getting away with it and you try and keep it legal. Right. I mean, that's a, that's a powerful one though, huh? Well, everybody wants to feel like they got one up on the other guy. It's true. It's very true. So that's number two. Hey, let me ask you a question. Does it take you too long to write your copy? And if it does, have you ever wished you had a proven system to write it faster? Well, if that describes you, then you'll want to know about high-speed copywriting. This is a home study program that has helped a lot of people write profitable sales letters in as little as five hours. No, it's not a bunch of shortcut tricks that leave you with cookie-cutter sales letters that people can ignore. It's about writing full-fledged, memorable, response-getting sales letters much faster than it usually takes. It's tested and proven, too. High-speed copywriting will ease you through putting together an original, powerful sales letter and putting it together in record time. You can find out more at highspeedcopywriting.com. By the way, this is one of the very few programs that Bond and Kevin Halbert have given their Halbert seal of approval to. So check it out today, highspeedcopywriting.com. Thank you. And now back to our show. Breakthrough copywriting emotional trigger number three. Factual format for emotionally provocative language. And this is really one of my favorites because it's so convincing. You start out by 
using the objective language of journalism to establish believability with facts. And then you continue to present your information in the factual format of a newspaper article. But notice in the example that I'm going to give you how the copy gradually transitions into a lot of emotion, which will actually prepare the prospect to be receptive to your offer. Okay. So this could be for a, a diet information product. It may exist. I don't think so. I just imagined it. Um, and and here's, here's an example of this trigger. A diet followed by everyday people in Europe for centuries is sweeping the United States like wildfire. And people who could never lose weight before are having some success with it. Called the Mediterranean diet, this traditional European way of eating has been keeping millions of people fit and healthy for generations with little fanfare. But Americans who have just discovered it are melting belly fat and dropping dress sizes in weeks, and they are shouting from the rooftops. See what I did there? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, notice it, it goes from facts in the first three sentences to highly emotional language in the last sentence. Last two sentences. Here's the last two sentences. But Americans who have discovered, but Americans who have discovered it are melting belly fat and dropping dress sizes in weeks, and they are shouting from the rooftops. Yeah. So it starts off. It starts off sounding. Um, I don't want to say bland, but it starts off sounding very uh, fact and very statistical based. Or, or I mean, you bring up. geographic locations you bring up history so it's very much like uh okay this person is just hitting me with the facts but then you make this slow transition to where by the end of it you're you're getting me to where i'm almost like i'm almost ramped up the the first of all the the melting off belly fat that hits me emotionally but the shouting from the rooftops really it's it's a completely different tone from where you started but i barely noticed the transition and and that's the trick. It's sort of like uh, putting the frog in in the cool water and then boiling the water slowly, as opposed to dropping. I mean, and and that's see, and that's dropping. Let me finish this. And then dropping the the frog into this, you know, roiling, boiling, angry water, and the frog jumps out. It's too hot. The problem is that's what a lot of people do when they just come out swinging with these hypey headlines and this hypey leads and is hypey subheads that's that's like the boiling water now i'm not saying you want your headline to be maybe as as dull or as even keeled as a diet followed by everyday people in europe but you can make your lead that way because even though it's fairly factual it's still interesting like hmm what, what's going on here you know mm. what was a, a new diet that the people have been i mean most of the diets are you know invented people like me fueled by some, you know, drugs and they make up some, you know, uh, the banana spot diet, you know, you buy a bunch of bananas, you cut out the spots and then you eat. I mean, you know, the people really, um, but here's something that has, um, history and proof and, and, you know, healthy people. So even when we say, but Americans who have just discovered are melting belly fat and dropping dress sizes in weeks and they are shouting from the rooftops. That's the the language is more emotional, but the format, the format is the same. It 
it still sounds like it's a factual format. This happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. Can I ask you a question about this? Oh, yeah. Would this be something that you would want to use? Would this be a, a, um, a formula that you would want to use maybe in a marketplace that's more skeptical? Like you, I, I noticed that you naturally went to the diet niche. And I think that's because most people in the diet niche, the reason why it works so well in that example is because most people in the diet niche are just looking for an excuse not to believe you. Um, does, this type of, does this type of approach work better for markets that are more skeptical? Absolutely. I mean, I, I just did a copy critique this week for a guy in business opportunity. And I would never suggest something like this for BizOp. But yeah, diets for sure. I mean, diets have probably got to be about the most skeptical type of consumer there is. There might be a few more. And like, let's say you were doing alternative health supplements. Yeah, so I, I think that's right. Why would you not recommend it for BizOp? Because I know a lot of people, especially if they've been burned on a couple of BizOps in the past, they might be skeptical as well. Why would you say you wouldn't recommend it for a Biz opportunity? Because my sense of people who want BizOp, and there, there's a wide range from dreamers to very serious people who actually act on it and, and make money and build businesses. But I think all of them, they sort of have that, they're adrenaline junkies. They need that excitement. They, part of the reason they buy it is, is the dream they have in the beginning. Now, some people will actually, you know, come back down to earth and work on it. And some people will buy it, you know, get their jollies and then buy another one because they'd much rather dream than do all kinds of people. But I think the personality of the biz up buyer is someone who wants to be excited, wants to be stimulated. Mm. So like most things in copywriting, what it really comes down to is the, the, the format or the formula isn't really as important as knowing who it is that you're writing to. I, I think that's right. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, th these, are, these are very helpful, but if you don't really keep your customer in the forefront of your mind, and what your customer wants and needs and how they're going to respond to it, then you've just got another tool that might or might not work. But once you put all those things together, it can be a very powerful combination. Nice. Okay, so let's, let's kind of do a recap on uh, what we learned in today's episode. Sure. So the recap is you need to provoke emotion to get people in a buying mood. And what we talked about today provides an easy way to do that. We talked about three emotional action sequences. Anger to envy to offer. Appeal to people's sense of larceny. And factual format for emotionally provocative language. So if people wanted, you mentioned that you can get, uh, this was only kind of like a snippet from what you have in your book. Where can people go to find out more about this particular aspect of copywriting? Yeah, so... This, these are three of 11 breakthrough copy emotional, breakthrough copy writing emotional triggers, and they're all in chapter 10 of breakthrough copywriting on Amazon. And there's 12 other chapters as well. Awesome. All right, David, another fantastic episode. And uh, we kind of hinted at what we've got coming up next week. For the listeners that might have forgot what we started off the show with, what do we have coming up next week? Well, we have emotional action sequences part two. And it's not just more breakthrough copywriting, emotional triggers. It's something else. But it's 
Real good. Awesome. All right. So make sure that you're you're subscribed to the show on iTunes. Make sure that if you if you want the show notes, we provide all of this information over at the copywriterspodcast.com. That's copywriterspodcast.com. Go and check that out. And until next week, we'll see you later. See you later. Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on garfinkelmedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to garfinkelmedia.com and fill out the form. That's garfinkelmedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast.